Hello, and welcome to Pro Construction Guide series of ProCasts. This episode, we're going to provide you with great wood flooring installation information, problems, and then expert advice on how to prevent them and maybe solve them. I'm John Gordon, and my partner David Doble's taking off this week, so we're just going to do this, Ken Fisher and me. So thanks for joining us. Pro Construction Guide magazine regularly brings you a ProCast that's built exclusively for you, the professional contractor. It's the only podcast for pros hosted by pros with successful contractors as guests. You can listen to any ProCast at ProConstructionGuide.com, or you can get us on iTunes. And look, if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, please rate us. If you're listening by downloading the podcast from our site, make sure you tell your friends and colleagues about the ProCast. The more folks we have listening to the ProCast, that helps us to do more exciting things. And it allows us to schedule great guests like Clint DeBoer from Pro Tool Reviews. Clint's going to be back with us in a few weeks to talk about the latest tool trends. That's always great stuff. So let's get on with this show. In this episode, we're going to be talking with flooring expert Ken Fisher of Uptown Floors in Bonita Springs, Florida. And he's going to talk about wood flooring installation problems and how to prevent them. So welcome to Pro Construction Guides ProCast. Ken, can you give us the 30-second bio on Ken Fisher? Well, I've been in the hardwood flooring business since the early 90s as an installer for 15 years and then got into uh, local retail ownership. And today I run an online business uh, at UptownFloors.com where I offer my own custom line made by an Amish community in Northeast Ohio. Very cool. Very cool. So lots of good information uh, coming our way. I know it. So, And I have the advantage of seeing what we're going to talk about in advance. So let's talk about, Ken, let's talk about the most common kinds of problems that you see with wood floor installations. Oh, there's oodles of them. Naturally. Change in perception. You know, this business has changed so much, say, compared to like 30 and 40 years ago when People looked at wood floors as just something to walk on. I mean, now they consider it part of their home and part of their furniture. So Mm -hmm. their expectations are just far too high. And another, uh, other problems are inexperienced installers because the demand for hardwood flooring has just skyrocketed the past 15 years. You know, with the inexperience comes from lack of knowledge and, but there are schools, but a lot of them don't know they're available. I would say another one is the attitude. That can go back to where the handyman can practically do anything. Mm, yeah. And, you know, I've seen that. I've heard it. And, you know, they think it's easy. Their thoughts are, what is it to install a hardwood floor? All you got to do is nail it down. It's tongue and groove. They fit together like a piece of puzzle. How hard can that be? Yeah, but there's a lot more to it. Right. Today, it's all about moisture. And going back to that change in perception, with moisture, you know, most uh, new hardwood floor problems are created by moisture. They arise from basements that aren't uh, ready or acclimated for to have hardwood flooring installed above. And that usually results in cupped or buckled floors in, nor- in the northeast climates. It can be different on the west coast when you have a lot of dryness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, people pick that up nowadays because, you know, once they spend $10, $12 a square foot, they're going to be on their hands and knees after that installer leaves. Yeah. 
and, you know, looking for every uh, nitpick thing they could find. And immediately after the installation, if you have improper moisture levels, it's not going to show, but it will show, you know, a month, two months down the road if things aren't corrected or even addressed. So that's that's interesting because we just this morning uh, on our regular radio show, I was talking about flooring. And and said, okay, here's here's what I'm gonna tell you. Before you start your flooring problem, there's some place that you go. Everybody's waiting for us to talk about what flooring store, what you know, website, whatever. I'm like, no, go in the crawl space or go in the basement. That's where you want to start your flooring project, right? So, what should pros do about moisture? So they go down, they go in the crawl space, they go in the basement. How do you deal with the moisture problems? Dehumidification systems. Make sure the units are large enough to be able to handle it. You know, even crawl spaces, uh, in recently, people are starting to put dehumidifiers mm-hmm. in there because, uh, you know, there's a lot of crawl spaces and you have wood floors above. Of course, you know, people can say, well, you know, I'm going to put down this underlayment that's supposed to be a moisture barrier. But when you start nailing down a floor <laughs> and you put a thousand holes through this so-called moisture barrier, it ain't no moisture barrier anymore. And that's one reason why the NWFA, the National Wood Flooring Association, likes to call it a moisture retarder. Right, because it really doesn't block moisture. You just punctured it every nail you drove through it. So what can happen to wood flooring if there's just too much moisture, in, in either in the room or around it? The most of it comes from the basements or crawl spaces. Like, say, for instance, there are a lot of people out there that think that think you just have to acclimate the flooring to where it's going to be installed. Right. You know, everybody thinks that's the only thing that has to be done, but it's what's under it that's critical. It's not a time period thing. You might see specs or installation directions that say acclimate for one week, and that's totally false. It's all about the environment. Right. You know, you might have a satisfactory condition in where the wood's being installed, but nobody's paid attention to what's underneath of it, which is the basement. And in a lot of cases, the humidity is a lot higher than the area above it where the floor is being installed. And over time, that humidity is definitely going to creep its way into the subfloor and eventually into the hardwood flooring, which allows it to start expanding. And then that creates problems with hardwood floors, specifically solid hardwood floors. Floors begin push against their edges, and they begin to crush the edges, and it creates a phenomenon called cupped floors. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, if you want something a little more safer, you can go with an engineered product that isn't as susceptible to those problems, but it's always best to get things under control. And moisture can also be your property. If you don't have proper grading around the place and you get and and your drainage is bad, it could you know, it could seep through the foundation walls or moisture is the number one enemy. So here's something that I discovered purely by accident. I was in my office, I had a cup of coffee, and I had a business card. I have no idea why I had this. But I stuck the business card, I set the business card on top of my cup of coffee, and steam was coming off. And guess what the business card did? Just shriveled. It well, it curled up. It curled up. It cupped. So I'm just thinking, so if you're a professional selling to Mr. and Mrs. McGillicuddy, and you're trying to get them convinced that they got moisture problems and it's going to cause trouble for flooring, that's kind of a cool little demonstration to do. Say, give me a cup of hot water and uh, that's steaming, and I'll put my business card on there and show you exactly what your floor is going to do over time. Oh, I have to think about that, John. 
Maybe I can use it. There you go. It's yours if you want it. Because I'm scared. I'm afraid not. I think JT might be listening and saying, what the heck is how are you spending your time in the office? Coffee and business cards. Right. So, look, here's the other thing that I've seen on with really nice product, gaps in the boards. How do you prevent that from happening? It's all about the correct time of the year to install. Not really the correct time of the year to install, but the correct moisture content in the actual hardware that's being installed. Usually cracks appear in the wintertime, and on my website I have a page that deals with cracks and gaps. And, you know, if you didn't know what time of the year it was, I follow my website stats, and I just get an enormous amount of traffic in the wintertime, people looking for solutions for exactly what you're saying. And for, say, like northern climates, where they use a lot of dry heat, yeah. You need some kind of humidification because what's ha- what's happening is that dry heat is drawing moisture out of the hardwood, and the boards begin to shrink. Shrink, well, yeah. So just the opposite. The yeah. So the, you said it a hundred times already. It's all about the humidity and the humidification. What about creaking and popping floors? that feel a little bit squishy or bouncy. What's up there, and how do you prevent that from happening? That could be part of the acclimation process. It could be. It also could be, which might surprise a lot of people, is let's just say the floor was installed. It's a new home, and the floor was installed, you know, not really at the proper time, and they had uh, a lot of rain before the roof was put on. You know, they used the right plywood, but they didn't allow a long enough drying period. And let's say the installers did all the right things to install the floor, but what happens is, you know, once that house begins to dry out, even the plywood's going to dry out. Fasteners can loosen. It happens even in winter months. You know, I hear complaints. People say, my floors are making strange noises at night. <laughs> and it's a dry out period. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's just the relaxation of the nail hold into the subfloor. That's part of it. And then so it's of not, yeah, it's it not always a hardwood. Yeah. And then, of course, it could also be that the subfloor wasn't flat enough for the installation. That's a, that's another reason for a lot of failures and squeaky floors is because the installers just didn't do the proper preparation before they put the hardwood floor down, which requires flat subfloors. So we talked a little bit about like adhesives. What, what are some products that can help with uh, a better installation? Depends. Are you on concrete or a wood subfloor? This, okay. I mean, we could turn this thing into two parts. <laughs> All right, let's not do that. At least not yet. We'll have you back for part two. But urethane adhesives for engineered floors, I think you said, right? Yeah, you know, I think we're kind of, I think we're kind of going off onto a different track here because I think what we've, we've been focusing on is situations where you are, northern climates with basements or crawl spaces where most of the construction has wood subfloors and you don't use for the most part you don't glue down floors engineered floors in those scenarios it's all nailed down okay so let's talk about that what there's because there's an ongoing argument there what's better cleats or staples for oh uh, oh, oh the cleats or staples debate yeah <laughs> okay i'm sorry <laughs> that's all right tell me uh, well, staples came out in like the mid-90s, and everybody jumped all over it because they, suddenly you could use a pneumatic nailer, well, stapler, and it made the job so much easier. But nobody really paid attention to what staples did, and they just they hold the floor so friggin' tight. 
And uh, that's why there's a movement going back toward the cleats because cleats allow the natural movement of the floor when it goes through the seasons. You know, if, uh, you know during humid months, if the house is opened up, uh, the floors will begin to expand and the nails, the nails allow for that, but the staples just hold the floor down so tight, there's just no movement. It can create problems, which can also result in squeaking. So it's a, it's, it sounds like a pretty delicate balance. I used staples when the pneumatic gun came out. We didn't really think about it. I'm down here in Florida, and most of the work was done in climate-controlled homes. Right. Eight months out of the year, so there's really not a whole lot of movement. But then if you went out to like to the islands, like uh, Captiva or Sanibel Island, where, you know, it's cool and cool enough in some cases where they keep the keep their doors open, then, uh, you know, you get those issues with those stapled floors. And ever since then, I tell people just go with cleats. Cleats. I've heard that from more than one person. All right, so look, for, in, for the sake of not having to do two segments in one here, let's, get, let's focus on just um, what are some issues on the job site that can cause problems for wood floors, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk about just some key things to take away. So I think you, at the beginning you said scheduling floors at the wrong time can be an issue. Oh, yeah, that, that likes to happen with the uh, everyday rush builder, get it in, and we'll worry about problems later. There are builders that I've worked with in the past that really pay attention to job schedules, but then there are other ones that just they are just so unorganized. they got everybody in there at once, and it's just not good for the acclimation part. It's just annoying. Because you, um, you, you do want that to set, and you want it to be kind of undisturbed as it acclimates to the room, right? Yeah, and it should be done. Hardwood flooring should be done near the end of any building project, and you get trades that come in, like say somebody, a tile guy has to come in and grout, grout a couple floor areas of the house, and the moisture levels rise. You right. got punch out guys that come in and don't care about the floor at all, even though we might have it covered. And they drop screws and they drop nails. And if you don't sweep the floor up every day, you're going to have problems. I've seen plenty of pre-finished floors get refinished before people move in, mainly because of that problem. It sounds like, well, we were talking on the radio show this morning, just to, just to, uh, making the effort to really coordinate stuff on the job site well. Look, Ken, we've got a whole bunch of professionals listening, so they're all in a hurry. They all got a million things chasing them down the road. So I always like to, to wrap these things up and say, what are there two, three main points that you want our listeners to take away from this podcast? Being aware of moisture, knowledge of installers. Okay. Geez, I think there's probably a couple more I can think of, but not right now. Well, I think you hit moisture was huge. I mean, that that oh, was yeah. obvious. And then you also said prep work, right? Just making sure. Oh, that absolutely, on the front end you got absolutely, the prep work floor preparation. All right, Ken, pop your website out there again so folks can look you up and get more information. I run a website called UptownFloors.com. There's a, a lot of information that deals with different type of applications, either nail down on wood subfloors, glue down on concrete, even the older methods of putting solid hardwood on concrete. Just a lot of goodies that I think folks will find useful. Well, good deal. Ken, thank you genuinely for your time and for your insights this morning. If you want to learn more about Ken's company and get other great advice uh, for both pros and homeowners, advice you can share with your customers, you can visit uptownfloors.com. 
Com. And now we're going to go and look into John and Dave's spare parts box and see what kind of information or insights that we're kind of like want to take and put out there. And, and if you've been paying attention, we're sort of morphing into some like cool tool sort of things. But this week I want to talk about infrared. And um, we've talked before about infrared cameras and, and, and so on, but you don't have to spend a fortune now to go infrared. You can actually get attachments along with a free app. It'll change your iPhone, your smartphone or tablet into a thermal imaging camera. FLIR, F-L-I-R, is a really well-respected name in that. And they actually have one that allows you to inspect clients' homes, you know, check for insulation, check for water leaks. And they make one for both Android and iOS uh, devices. So check out FLIR, F-L-I-R, and it's, I think, FLIR 1, and see how you can take your regular iPhone or smartphone or pad and uh, turn it into an infrared device. So we think that's pretty cool. Now, if you like what you heard today, please like us on iTunes and tell a friend about the ProCast on iTunes and ProConstruction.com, ProConstruction.com. If you haven't gotten your copy of the latest Pro Construction Guide magazine, check out the local Home Depot store because they're going to have copies at the Pro Desk. Or you can go to ProConstructionGuide.com and read the digital issue. We also love your feedback. Give us a call at 866-647-2300. Four, six. You can leave us a message because we really want your thoughts. And then by the message, you can kind of tell us what's on your mind in your terms. And we love it when you all do that. That said, we'll see you on our next episode of Pro Construction Guide Magazine's ProCast Podcast. We hope that you'll make us a valuable tool in your toolbox.